This episode of the podcast is brought to you by FitBod, the best fitness app on the market. Its genius algorithm will generate personalized workouts based on your fitness goals, available gym equipment, duration, fatigue levels, and many more factors. It allows you to track your progress and upload data to other apps such as Apple Health and Strava. FitBot also works without any gym equipment as it will provide you with bodyweight workouts as well. FitBot is giving you a free trial as well as 25% off its membership when you sign up at app.fitbod.me slash Bananiac. That's app.fitbod.me slash B-A-N-A-N-I-A-C. Get the app and get stronger faster with FitBod. My guest today is a third-year medical student who is empowered to incorporate plant-based nutrition in the medical field. During his time at medical school, he's managed to create a plant-based support group, the Plant Prescription Podcast, and inspired the dean as well as many faculty members to consider incorporating plant-based nutrition into the curriculum. He also talks about some of the health benefits that he's experienced while eating a plant-based diet over a year and a half now. This is Muzamil Amat. So yeah, man, thanks for, for coming on the show. I know we've been uh, chatting back and forth for a while, but uh, yeah, thanks for being here. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. And how do you say your name? It's uh, Muzamil? Yeah, yep, that was pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. And I love your Instagram, by the way, man. Oh, it's like thank you. your reels are so entertaining yet educational. Like, have you been doing that for a while? No, I, I got into it less than a month ago. A month Is ago. it on TikTok or yeah. you do Instagram? No, so I do them on TikTok and then I just save them on my phone and I post them in both places. So I just got on because I was like, TikTok's not really a place that I, you know, I need to be on. And then I just watched some random stuff and there was there was a lot of educational stuff on there. So I was like, oh, I could make some educational fun videos. And then and it's interesting because I make them on TikTok, but they do even better on Instagram. Right. It could be like the algorithm, but I know like TikTok's a huge thing. I haven't gotten into it, but uh yeah, very catchy. I'm sure you get um, a lot of feedback about that. Yeah, yeah, it's been working out well. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what it is that you do. So I am a third-year medical student. Um, I, so I'm, a, I'm in a medical school in Canada, University of Alberta. And I also help people online transition to a more of a plant-based diet and then for people interested, I help them with weight loss. But my major goal is just to get the information out on eating plant-based and, you know, disease prevention through lifestyle choices and the role diet plays in, you know, forming a disease and progression of disease. And then on top of that, I recently with a, another medical student started a podcast kind of geared towards other medical students and healthcare professionals. So we have been interviewing a lot of the lifestyle medicine and plant-based doctors just to bring that education to Canadian medical students because it's lacking and been quite involved in the medical school, kind of raising awareness um, about plant-based nutrition and preventative medicine, which is quite lacking in the medical curriculum. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and speaking of your podcast, like I've only checked out the thumbnails. haven't had time to like dive into it, but yeah. I want to. But uh, you have some pretty cool guests on there, man. I saw Dr. Clapper, um, the guys from Mastering Diabetes, yeah. which I've 
had on as well. Um, so They're amazing. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a, a great podcast, dude. What's the name of yeah, the podcast? Thank you. It's called Plant Prescription Podcast. Nice. I like the so name. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So it was supposed to be like, you know, how as uh, healthcare professionals and us being future doctors, we're going to be prescribing a lot. So it's like prescribing plant-based diet. Got so it. that's how the name came yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the concept. So you're into you're into medicine, but uh you you obviously know and you do a lot of stuff with diet. Is that correct? Yeah. So I did get my certification in nutrition as well. Um just to kind of self-educate and also just to have the certification. And so if anyone asks, like, are you certified in nutrition? I want you to have that. Um, but I also just in my free time read a lot on nutrition and just try to stay on top of things because that is something that's not taught in medical school. And that is something we absolutely need if you truly want to help people prevent disease, because you can't do that without even having a discussion about diet, which tends to be the common problem among the way doctors, um, discuss with patients about their disease. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I forget what the number is, uh, the number of hours that medical students get in nutrition. I think it's no more than a semester, if I'm correct. Um, oh, not even a semester. It's a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, it's we pretty learn, sad. <laughs> yeah, we learn like the basics. Um, it's like the things we learn, I feel like aren't, aren't even that useful. We got an entire lecture on macros. Like, I don't know how that even helps anyone help a patient out, <laughs> breaking down the macros you need, which were quite flawed to begin with. And right. then we're taught a lot of things that are outdated, um, which is quite unfortunate because a lot of the dietitians who came, come in to teach medical school are a bit on the older side and they mm -hmm. haven't stayed on top of the scientific nutrition literature. So they kind of just kind of uh, come in and teach what they learned 30, 40 years ago, which is quite mm -hmm. unfortunate. So there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of lack of information and I have been working and fighting towards having more of that incorporated within the medical school curriculum. Hmm. Yeah. Got it. Why do you think, why do you think that is like that, that gap between like medicine and nutrition? So there's a lot of factors. Um, before I used to just blame the pharmaceutical industry and that definitely plays a big role, but there's a lot more factors that are involved. One big one being no one within medicine really is trained in nutrition. So for someone to teach nutrition, they have to be trained or they have to see the importance of it. And if they're not taking their own diet seriously, which majority of doctors don't from my own experience, how are they going to get, you know, talk about that with their patients and give that importance? So if a doctor in their break is quickly going to a nearby junk food place and grabbing that for lunch and coming back to, you know, start seeing more doc and more patients, like they themselves don't really value nutrition and the chance of them discussing that with their patients is very low. And then that perpetuates the problem further because if they are not even going to discuss it with the patients, then they're definitely not going to be interested in teaching that in the curriculum. So, which is quite, quite, quite sad. Um, and so that's a huge problem. Second is when it comes to medical curriculum, there's like an entire organization uh, involved. There's like a lot of people involved and they kind of go through what's important, what's crucial. And for someone to take on that project, they have to be willing to do the work and they have to be passionate about it. And the problem is that finding someone within medicine who's passionate about nutrition and wanting to do the work to learn it and then push for it 
is very hard because most of the doctors aren't passionate about it and aren't interested in learning it themselves to be able to do that, which is what I've experienced because I attended a board meeting among kind of like a lot of the people who are involved in running the medical school. And I raised the question of like you know, nutrition not being involved and not being taught properly. And that was the thing. No one was like, okay, I will lead this project with you. In the end, it came to, if you want this change, are you willing to do the work? And I obviously said I am, but it was quite surprising that none of the doctors, none of the professors were willing to lead that. They kind of just left that to me. And I was like, you know what? Someone got to do it. So I will take on that. But, you know, I'm pretty sure if it was something else uh, that was more like surgery related or medication related, I can see a bunch of hands would have gone up. But it's mm -hmm. just unfortunate. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I've like chatted with my doctor, like, you know, if like if there was something wrong with me, um, you know, I would bring up diet and I would ask them questions yeah. and, uh, you know like the little feedback that they gave me was so surprising because they're supposed to be they're they're the people that we all look up to when something is wrong with our bodies you know what Absolutely. i mean we're looking for answers we're looking for guidance and um you know the most basic thing it's breakfast lunch and dinner and mm -hmm. you know they don't have too much knowledge regarding that so it's it's quite surprising and uh yeah it's interesting hearing you talk about that experience and what you've noticed yeah, you're absolutely right, because I believe there was a study done a while ago that looked at who people look up to when it comes to like nutrition advice. And majority of general population said doctors. And then they looked into how much do doctors even know about nutrition, and they knew no more than the general public. So it's kind of ironic, because the general public is looking up to them, but they actually don't know any better. So... <sighs> So the advice they're gonna give is going to be something they read from a magazine or something, some YouTube video they saw. Mm -hmm. And and then it just perpetuates the problem because then every doctor is giving different advice when it comes to nutrition. And um, a lot of them may even like, I have seen doctors just like tell people to go on keto diet to lose weight and I'm just so shocked. I'm like, mm -hmm. you're a doctor, you wanna prevent disease, but then you're telling people to eat a lot more saturated fat and things like that don't you realize that long-term you're doing more damage? So it's just like lack of awareness, lack of understanding of how nutrition works in your body. And no one takes the responsibility that the dietary advice they're giving might be completely wrong because they, whatever they are doing themselves, they just tell the patient do it too. Mm, got it. Yeah. Um, is this your third year being a medical student, you said? Yeah, third year. Ah, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, did you know about plant-based nutrition before you went into medicine or did you find that along the way? So I did not. Um, I kind of almost ate a lot of plants anyway because I knew the benefits of eating like fruits and vegetables and whatnot, but I did not know about plant-based diet. I, I would say I was always a healthy eater, but my definition of healthy eating was very different before than it is now. So I was always into fitness. So I ate um, I wouldn't say always, I used to be overweight and then eventually I lost a lot of weight. And then since then I've been very much so into fitness and eating healthy. So I generally cared about what I was putting into my body, but the information I had wasn't fully accurate. I was pretty much eating what a lot of other people who are into fitness eat. Like, you know, the major part, uh, major food item in your plate is like a source of protein. And then I would add, um, 
fruits and uh, sorry vegetables in my plate and then some sort of whole grain so i was eating whole grains i was eating vegetables but i was eating a lot of animal protein because i was like i thought that's what i needed and i kept doing that for the longest time and it worked for my fitness goals it absolutely worked for my fitness goals but i never truly felt as good as i wanted to feel eating that and i remember i also had a few other health problems i had cystic acne really bad acne on my face and I had eczema and I had constant fatigue, meaning I needed a lot of coffee. And then the worst of all, I had migraines. I had, I've, the, honestly, since I can remember, I've had migraines. And I've seen neurologists and they all, all told me that it's genetics because my mom has migraines too. And they were like, you just, you can take these medications. Otherwise, there's not much you can do. And that's kind of what I did, kind of, I didn't fully accept it, but I didn't really know what else I can do. Same thing with acne. I don't know if you've heard of Accutane. It's a very strong acne medication. I've been on it four or five times, like four or five courses, and each course is like four to six months long. So it's like I would take that medication and my acne would clear up. A few months later, it would come back. And dermatologists, same thing. I would speak to them. And they would be like, oh, diet doesn't really do much. Um, you're, you're just going to, it's genetics. You're just going to have to take medications. So it's just all f the whole frustration of dealing with these health problems and not feeling as good as I wanted just kind of kept building up. And then during medical school, I was hoping that I'm going to figure this out during med school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to med school. I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to fix my health. Right. Because you'd begin <laughs> like essentially the best knowledge for yeah. your health. You're going into medicine. Exactly. And uh, from the beginning, I noticed that they would always say, tell your patients to eat a healthy diet. No one ever talked about what that even entails, or they'll talk about macros. Um, and I was like, okay, this is like not really helping me. And then they always focused on uh, pharmaceutical options or medications, and then they would only focus on surgeries. And it's just like the frustration kept build building up. And during that time, I was seeing a specialist for my uh, fatigue and they did a bunch of blood tests and then they told me that they think I may have depression and I was like I have a master's in psychology and I was like I really don't think it's depression um, I feel good mentally it's like it's more physical and he was just like he was like no I think it's depression you need to take antidepressants like SSRIs Wow. and he didn't even like send me to a psychiatrist he just made that decision on his own and he was like, um, you should start on them right away. And I just had an inkling that that was a wrong diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Around the same time, we were learning about cardiology, so about um, just a heart health and heart disease. And one lecture, the cardiologist was talking about how children by the age of 10 now have plaques in their arteries. And he said that in a very... Uh, affirmative manner like this is how it is there was no mention of why do children have plaques is that a normal thing can we do something about that none of that con uh, you know none of that was part of the discussion kind of right. I kind of felt frustrated because I have always been like interested in preventative medicine and then later on same lecture the cardiologist is, is like look at the person to your right look at the person to your left you looked at two people one of them is going to get heart disease because 50% of people get heart disease. And I was just blown away. I'm like, you're That's telling crazy. me half of my friends in this class are going to get heart disease. And you're not going to tell me, is that normal? Like, 
like is that global or is it in a Canadian American problem? Um, why is that? Can I do something about it? None of that conversation. He just kind of moved on to talk about drugs and then stents and surgeries and stuff like that. And I just felt yeah. really frustrated that day. So it's like, you know, it was kind of building up from my own health perspective as well as like, you know, medi medical school not teaching what I wanted to learn truly. So eventually I kind of took a deep dive into nutritional literature. And when I kind of came out of that, I was a changed man. I realized that I was wrong about nutrition. I always had the right intention, but I was wrong in what I knew. And when I learned, I looked into dairy, I looked into eggs, I looked into meat, I looked into vegetables, any and everything I could think of, I looked into it. And I, and then when I came out of it, uh, off my own research, I was like pretty convinced that, you know what, I need to switch to a plant-based diet. And I'm, I kid you not, like over time, like my acne cleared up, my, I haven't had a single migraine, um, my eczema went away and I don't have that need for coffee anymore. Like I still like wow. drinking coffee, but I don't have that constant fatigue anymore. So it's been amazing. So all your symptoms went away essentially, even the migraines. The migraines that I was told that I'll have to take medications for, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Do you know by any chance like the science behind that? Cause I, you're not the first person to tell me that like migraines, like you would not relate that to nutrition or, you know what I mean? It's not like not a common thing, but but many people have told me that their migraines go away after changing to like a healthier, essentially a plant-based diet. Yeah. Do you know by any chance what could cause that? So from my preliminary research, and it's important to mention there isn't enough research on this to fully know the mechanisms behind it. But what I understand is two things. One, you know, migraine, a lot of other health problems that are involved more in the brain are due to, to at least some part to inflammation. So if you're eating a lot of pro-inflammatory foods and animal products for the most part are pro-inflammatory, mm -hmm, right. um, you know, you, you're building inflammation. And when I switched to a really anti-inflammatory diet, meaning plant-based diet, because everything in it is pretty much anti-inflammatory, all the antioxidants and phytochemicals. Um, so I generally believe that overall, you know, your inflammation goes down. And I actually don't just believe that. I've seen it in my blood test results. So my inflammatory markers were in the always in the normal range, but they were in the, I would say high, high normal. And that's considered normal because it's within the normal range. And they dropped to low on the in the range. So I know my inflammatory markers have dropped. So clearly whatever inflammation was in my body has gone down. And because I, I saw it on the blood test six months later and then a year later still been uh, on the lower end. So I do generally believe there's like inflammatory aspect. And then another thing to keep in mind is that the gut has a direct connection with the brain. So whatever you eat influences your brain health, uh, including mm -hmm. mental health. So um, through the vagus nerve, we have the, you know, the gut connected right to the brain and the gut microbiome plays a direct role in your brain health. So I believe it's a combination of the two things that have helped me finally get rid of my migraines. Yeah, that's very interesting you say mm -hmm. that and then you have like the paperwork, your blood work to yeah. kind of confirm you're that you're like seeing it you know what i mean it's like proof right in front of your eyes um, exactly that's pretty crazy yeah. Yeah. um and that story you mentioned about the cardiovascular disease like um like look to the person on your right you know like half of you guys are gonna get her or whatever um i had a very similar experience when i was doing my undergrad in dietetics um one of my 
biology professors, I forget which which uh, specific biology like field it was, but it was one of my bio um, professors. Um, they were a, uh, you know, cardiologist previously becoming a professor. So, you know, I told him about Esselstyn, Dr. Ornish's work about mm-hmm. reversing heart disease, and he knew about it, but he was hesitated because he knew like not many people would do the diet and i'm like oh my gosh you have to like tell people i you have, have no idea know. that you knew yeah yeah so it's it's crazy i mean maybe some people know you know i don't know maybe they don't believe it um i've had a lot of professors you know talk about the keto thing like you mentioned and uh and some some professors were just like clueless like everybody was on a different page and it's just exactly. it's crazy right it's it's just crazy because when you like go to when you get like a certification in like plumbing, right? Like there is a right way and a wrong way to do mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But when you go into medical school or a dietetic school, why are there like a mil- million different paths? Yeah. I mean, isn't that nuts? It's it's insane. And that's the thing. Even within medical school, I would say when it comes to drugs or surgeries, there are strict guidelines. But when it comes to nutrition, it's a black box. It's like no one right. knows. And right. everyone has a different opinion. And it's so unfortunate. I think it generally comes from the fact that everyone eats. So everyone has an opinion. And then everyone's biased because everyone likes different type of foods they enjoy. And I think that plays a huge role because if someone really enjoys eating a piece of steak, they're going to make sure that they somehow prove it to be healthy, even mm-hmm. if they realize it or not that right. they have a bias, which is really, really, really unfortunate because everyone has an opinion when it comes to nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's a weird thing. Like it's, yeah. It, like you mentioned the, the if you're like into medicine, you're looking at specific drugs, it's like more of like a one way street, but mm-hmm. nutrition, everybody has a bias, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. So yeah. they have to share it. Um, yeah. got it. Okay. So yeah. Kudos to you, man, for, for, um, learning about this stuff essentially on your own, um, you know, being in medical school, none of this was being taught to you. You mm-hmm. learned about the benefits of a plant-based diet on your own. Um, and you've been doing it for, I guess, a couple years now. So it's been hundred. So I've been vegan, hundred percent vegan for a year and a half, oh, but like nice. plant-based a bit longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome, yeah. man. That's really yeah. cool. Um, what do your uh, colleagues think about it? Like uh, your medical school and, and your friends, what do they think about you going vegan? So it's interesting because I think majority of people when I went vegan initially had a different opinion than they do now. Um, I think they went through the same thing I would have gone through. Someone would have one day just come up to me and been like plant-based is healthier. It kind of takes you by shock. It kind of questions everything you know and you don't want to accept it. I think I would have been the same. Um, The only reason... I did it on my own was because I had a personal motive to figure out how to be healthy or healthier than I already was. So a lot of my friends um, questioned it. They weren't really, they, they thought it was a phase. Um, they were like, I don't know if it's going to last. Like, you know, they didn't know anything about like the blue zones or um, everyone loves to talk about the Mediterranean diet, but they don't, they don't even know that Mediterranean diet is technically a plant-based diet. 90% or more of your calories, essentially, yeah, 90% more of your calories on Mediterranean diet, even then come from plant-based, uh, which is quite interesting because that's not what it's taught in med school. When they mention Mediterranean, there's a lot of chicken and fish in it. And I'm like, yeah. that that is not even the true Mediterranean diet. But 
so initially there was a lot of skepticism but i think because i was i was able to pull up a study or i had done my research enough before making that switch um i didn't just like watch a documentary and did it overnight i did a lot of research and i wanted to look at it from every angle possible because i am a very skeptical person so i wanted to first beat my, my own skepticism uh, before making a switch. And then I was able to honestly find an answer for everything, any and everything um, that I questioned. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been really good because now anytime someone comes up with a question or skepticism, I have an answer or I'm, you know, or I will, I have a lot of articles saved. I'm, you know, able to just go back and reread it and then send it Refer to them. Refer people. Yeah. Yeah. So now it has changed a lot. There's a lot of um, students within my class who have gone plant-based. I would, uh, wouldn't use the word vegan because a lot of them are doing it for health reasons and mm -hmm. they may not be 100%, like 90, 95%, but a lot of them have done it. And, um, and, and then we also started a plant-based nutrition club a year That's ago. awesome, man. Yeah, so that was really good because then we were able to bring in dietitians and show game changers and take them to plant-based restaurants. So a lot of people have been like more curious now and it's kind of normalizing it. I think that's like step one, right? Because um, a lot of people have a stigma, they're confused. And before you can tell them to do something, you have to normalize it. So just, you know, having events in plant-based restaurants or just bringing in a dietitian who's like, okay, you know what? Let's actually talk about protein. Let's mm -hmm. actually talk about iron. The common questions people have. And, the, and I feel like medical students have even more skepticism because they're concerned that if they were to go tell a patient to do plant-based, they want to understand it. They don't want to just say it. So having those dietitians come in has been super helpful as well. Yeah. Um, and then we started a monthly newsletter. So the co-host of my podcast does those newsletters and we send it out to the medical students. And then, you know, it'll be like, we'll each month is a different theme. So it'd be like breast cancer or prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And then we will summarize the articles and then put the references at the bottom. Also like, you know, attach couple um, nutritionfacts.org videos. And then at the bottom, we'll like find nice recipes and then get them added. So my co-host Cass, she puts it all together. Uh, and then I think it's just like, again, normalizing. So if they keep seeing that, if they keep seeing recipes, they're more willing to try it. And, um, now that I have a podcast, a lot of medical students from my class and other schools are listening to it. Um, and I know that this year, a few of them were even asking me, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of the lifestyle medicine conference that happens every year. But it's like pretty much all plant-based doctors. And now, because I, I went there last year and I've been like telling everyone, now a lot of them this year are asking me, when is it? I want to attend it. Um, and then it's like interest is building, which is really good because the end goal is not for them to just go plant-based, but my end goal is so they can go tell other patients, you know, their patients uh, to go plant-based to prevent heart disease and other diseases. This is awesome, man. This is great stuff that you've started essentially like a um, kind of like a, you know, support group uh, in your community, uh, you know, to get people on board. How did that even start, by the way? How did you find people and do that? So it started. Um, so when I so I discovered kind of everything beginning of 2019 and uh Throughout the year, I made changes within my own diet and lifestyle. And then I started telling my friends and other medical students verbally. Um, and then I also, that's when I started my Instagram account that you've seen. Um, that It was around the same time because I 
I wanted wow. to share that information. But I was doing it very, very, very low key at the time. I did not have a following or anything. I was just sharing with my friends. It was not a like a same similar style public mm-hmm. account. So you were the first person to kind of like randomly approach people and kind of say like, yeah. hey, you know, like this is like a, a great thing for patients. Like, would you be willing to listen? And yeah, it was, it was, out? I think it usually started with um, like, you know, if they would see me eating and they would ask me a question and I would take that opportunity to like share, uh, share about it or because um, I started posting like, you know, things on my Instagram page. Uh, like recipes or random things like uh, articles or whatever, they would uh, send me a message and they'll be like, you know, what is this? Can you tell me more? That's how it started. But then last summer, I was like kind of frustrated by the end of my first year of medical school. I was like, I can't do this by myself. Like, you know, um, there's so many medical students who are going to become the future doctors. Mm -hmm. And the things they've been taught are so not fully accurate. Um, I don't know if you've seen the new Canadian food guide. It's quite plant-based friendly. So I'll it actually, yeah, the new Canadian food guide that came out, I believe at the end of 2018 or beginning of 2019 is quite plant-based friendly. It tells you in there to, um, half of your plate should be completely vegetables, quarter should be whole grains, and then the other quarter to be protein. And then it says, choose plant-based protein whenever you can. So it mm-hmm. actually says that. So it, That's you good. know, and it took out dairy uh, from, from there. So it's, it's made a lot of changes and it's like, you know, shifting towards more plant-based way of eating. So, but it's unfortunate because then the dietitian came in to teach the Canadian food guide and she disagreed with it. She gave her own opinions the entire time. She was like, I don't agree with this Canadian food guide. Like what will I tell the children to drink? How are they going to get calcium? So she didn't even have knowledge herself. And she's like, you know, I don't really think, you know, like, Maybe meat is better because of like more iron absorption. And like she was giving a lot of her personal opinions. So, and I got really frustrated. So I booked a meeting um, with one of the uh, admin persons that I knew in the uh, medical school admin uh, office. And I kind of shared all that. And I showed a lot of examples of what was taught that wasn't fully accurate and what the truth was. And she was like, you know, you need to talk to to the curriculum dean you need to bring this to her attention. She's like, I can book you an appointment. And I was like, that would be wonderful. So I'm like walking out of the office and I bump into the dean. I haven't even booked an appointment. It's like same day I bump into the dean and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And then I talked to her just like, hi, how are you? And then I was going to keep going. But like, I think I didn't notice. I, instead of taking the exit, I walked into the boardroom with all the board members sitting there to discuss the curriculum. <laughs> and wow. was not intentional. And then the admin lady and the dean walked in right behind me. And then I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not in the right place. And then uh, the dean made a joke. She's like, you can stay if you want. And I was like, no, no, I should go. And then the admin lady was like, you know, you should really get him to stay. He has a lot to say and it's some good things. You should hear him out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. And she, the dean was like, no, sit down. I want to hear it. Now, this is like good 20, 25 big people in the room who kind of make all these big decisions. And I have nothing prepared. And she's like, tell me what you were telling Sherry. And I was like, okay. I was telling Sherry that I'm really frustrated with the current medical curriculum. I just said it out loud. And she, the dean was like, oh, are you? Why are you? And then I was like, well, the nutrition's not taught like accurately. And there's a lot of gaps. And we talk about preventative medicine. But what we talk about 
prevention is not true prevention because we're taught you should get mammograms done for breast cancer. You should get colonoscopy done for colon cancer. But I'm like, that's not true preventative medicine. I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. But true prevention is even a step before that. It's mm-hmm. like talking to the patient about their lifestyle and what they eat and blah, blah, blah. And I shared that all with her in front of everyone and everything I've learned. And, I, and by then I had done my own nutrition certification and I was like, I've also done this. So I am certified in that as well. And then she was like, you know what? Wow, that's a lot of information. Um, and then she was like, are you willing to take this on? Because no one's going to do it. Um, no one has the time. But if you're willing to take it on, like we can start making changes. And that's kind of how it started. And then she and then her and I had a meeting one on one and she was like, OK, what type of changes do you want to make? And I shared, I'm like, I want curriculum to be changed. Yeah. She was like that. She was like, that's going to take a while. Uh, we can you can do it as a summer job next summer. And I was like, I don't want to wait for a year. I want to start making changes right away. So I that's when I offered. I'm like, OK, if the curriculum can't be changed right away, how about I start a nutrition club? I need your approval and funding to do that. And that would be step one. And then she gave that. So we started the nutrition club. And then I was still not satisfied. I'm like, this is good, but I feel like I can take a step further. So then I, uh, you know, along with my friend who who is running the nutrition club right now this year, um, I, her, her and I applied for funding and approval for the podcast. And then we got that. And then it's like, you know, so step by step, we've been making changes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's Thank great you. to see you getting involved in like in more I feel like, and you could probably agree with this is, you know, having more, more of that support, it's easier to go through something like medical school, or for me was dietetic school with that support. Otherwise you'd be going crazy sitting by yourself in class, right? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Is the, did you say the podcast, is that affiliated with your school? Like that's like, you know, you have the, essentially the school support for your podcast. So we don't like to call it affiliated. We do have the schools. Uh, we do have the school support. Um, mm. But the reason we don't like to call it affiliated is because we want to keep it for ourselves after we con- after we finish med school. We don't want right. it to be just a med school thing. We want to continue on and keep publishing seasons even post med school. So we do. We did get funding and the approval from school to do the first season. But going forward, we plan on getting external funding, just so. Uh, it doesn't get absorbed within the med school. Right, right. Yeah, no, great idea. Yeah. yeah. Wow, man, you've done quite a bit. Uh, in the, yes. in the, I would say like even the last two years, that's a lot of stuff to uh, accomplish. Kudos on you, man. Well, thank you um, so much. I'm just curious. Uh, so what was it then um, uh, about, well, Okay, so you said you went into medical school, right? And then you learned about nutrition. Looking back at it now, um, would you, if you had known about nutrition first, would you have taken the dietetics route or do you think you still would have gone into medicine? I still would have gone into medicine because it's more of, because I'll be completely honest, I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast or in public, but I'm not, I don't care as much about being a doctor. I care about having the MD so other doctors don't downplay what I'm saying. Because as I would have loved to be a dietitian, I think I would have enjoyed that more. But unfortunately with the current system, the doctor gets the last say. 
and the patients look up to what the doctor has to say. So if I'm like going to, and telling the patient do a plant-based diet and doctor just like says something completely wrong, like, oh, you're not going to get enough iron or you might become protein deficient, regardless of what the dietitian has said, unfortunately with the way society is, like the patient's just going to ignore everything. So it's mm-hmm. more of that reason. I feel like I need to be in that medical society to bring change within. It's really hard to bring change externally. Well, not only that, I mean, you know, you're also setting an example for your colleagues. I mean, like we talked about, not many other doctors know about nutrition, but let's say Mm -hmm. like you're at a hospital or at a doctor's office, you know, you're that, you know, you're that MD that has that little bit of extra knowledge, that extra edge, you know, that you can kind of keep your colleagues, uh, you know, in check, if you will, uh, in a good way though, like, you know, you have that extra set of knowledge that you can help promote. And um, I think that's really great, too. I would love to have more doctors uh, know more about nutrition, especially plant based nutrition. And it sounds like, yeah. you know, you're on the on the route of uh, getting more MDs on board. Yeah, thank you. That's kind of my plan is to just get more and more MDs on board. And once I am a full MD, I do somehow want to eventually get involved more in more of the curriculum so we can nationally try to, you know, start to make those changes because I feel like that's what I was saying. If there's no doctor willing to do that work, no one's going to do it. And it will stay like this for decades after decades. So it needs to come from within. And oh, that's sure. kind of my, that's kind of my goal. Are you looking to what kind of setting are you looking to work in afterwards? Like, are you looking to go into a hospital or a doctor's office or actually work for like a school for medical school? So I definitely want to work with patients. So I'm looking, uh, I'm looking to do outpatient, like a clinic setting instead of a mm-hmm. hospital, because I think clinic setting is the best place to help patients prevent disease or catch catch it before it's too late. Right. Um, when you work in a hospital, most of the patients you see are already really sick. So I'm not saying you can't help them, but I want to help them not get to that point. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, yeah, so I'm thinking of doing family medicine and then I want to, after that, get my accreditation in lifestyle medicine and then start up a lifestyle medicine focused clinic that's more multidisciplinary where there's like a dietitian, there are psychologists there, uh, you, you know, have a variety of people there. So they all work together for the patient's health. And beyond that, I, I'm also interested in then, you know, going to medical school, back to medical school and then bringing that change once I can be like, look, I'm doing this. This is successful. It's working. Patients are getting better. And there's all this scientific evidence. Because I think that a lot of the times, just having the scientific evidence by itself doesn't work because they'll be like, it's not practical. Like it worked in a study, but patients won't go plant-based or patients won't follow you. That seems to be a very common concern because a lot of doctors will be like, it's not practical to tell people to change their diet. And I kind of want to prove them wrong by mm-hmm. doing it myself with my patients and then going back and being like, see, like you just have to encourage them. You have to be there for them. You have to support them. And then a lot of them, most of them would be willing to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's perfect to have like a whole set of teammates, you know, that are, have that same mission, but a different skill set, you know, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, you'd have di- dietitians Absolutely. on board and um, people that know different aspects of the health spectrum Mm -hmm. so um 
But uh, do do you yourself do you follow like I'm just curious do you follow like a specific plant based diet? Um, like you know how there's like you know even keto vegan now uh, <laughs> there's like high carb low fat there's you know whole food plant like do you follow a specific type of plant based diet? So I I eat I would say mostly whole food plant based. Um, I think just by the way I eat, it ends up being more carbs than anything else. But that's like the nature of eating plant-based. I don't, I won't say I eliminate fat, but I avoid oils for the most part. Once in a while, I'll use olive oil, extra virgin olive oil or cold pressed canola oil. But for the most part, I don't really use oils, but I have, I'm not scared to eat nuts or seeds or peanut butter or avocado. Um, I just feel like, Oils is one thing I feel like we can avoid because there's like a lot of nutritious foods. I'd rather eat olives than olive oil, for example. But I'm not saying that, you know, I won't eat olive oil if it's there. I'll still eat it because I still think that's a much healthier option than a lot of other foods. But um, yeah, so I don't follow a strict one. I just try to eat a whole food plant-based diet, stick to whole foods for the most part, eat lots of colors. That's kind of usually my goal. Yeah, that's what I do too. And I'm glad you brought up oil. Mm. Like that's kind of like controversial, even in the yeah. plant-based movement. Um, yeah. But I'm sure you've learned uh, probably about Dr. Esselstyn's work uh, with like mm -hmm. the oils and um, heart disease and how terrible they can be. But, you know, at the same time, like, like I, I love sticking to Whole Foods, but if I'm out in a restaurant, like, you know, once in a while I'll have it. Yeah. But I know in the back of my mind, like the best thing to do is stick with Whole Foods long term. And I'm sure, um, you know, you, you probably have the same thoughts or. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Like I, I don't feel guilty if once in a while I'm out and eat a vegan burger. Like yeah. I don't feel guilty because I know for the most part I eat a whole food plant-based diet. I think this is really important that a lot of people miss is they don't have a good relationship with food. They are either trying so hard to be perfect to a point that they basically end up completely falling off or they don't understand the importance of eating healthy most of the time. So they put all the foods on the same plane. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's like teaching that that um, I would say like that concept that, you know, whole foods are healthier. Focus on that. But if you want to treat yourself once in a while, do that as a treat. Don't feel guilty, but just don't make a habit out of it. And that's kind of what I stick to. Yeah, I 100% agree. I recently put out a video called Why You Shouldn't Go Vegan. And it's not <laughs> like what the title is really saying. But um, like a lot of people that have come out over the last couple of years, maybe you've seen them, you know, like they'll title their videos like why I'm not vegan anymore. Mm -hmm. And they'll just fall off the wagon. Like these are people that have done it for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, they're, they're very like highly motivated and passionate people. And one day you just see them like all of a sudden they Switch. quit veganism. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably the biggest problem is that they don't have a good relationship with food. And that mm -hmm. could be, you know, whether it's even them eating healthy, they might not eat enough of the food because they are worried about putting too much weight on. Yeah. And I think yeah. like, I, I know like veganism, it's not really, it should be about like, it's an ethical standpoint, right? It's a, it's a lifestyle, not a diet. But I also think like nutrition should be a big part of that. I think people should really understand nutrition and understand like, you know, 
you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner to be vegan. Like you're eating a plant-based diet. So why mm-hmm. not make it healthy anyway and kind yeah. of understand more to make it more sustainable for you long-term? Absolutely. I agree with you 100% because I see that all the time because they will be doing it for the ethics and which I support fully because I am Absolutely. an ethical vegan. But they'll be doing it for ethics and they'll be like, I'm doing it for the animals. I don't really care about my health. But I'm like, how can you care so much about other beings but not even care about yourself? Like, you know, love should come from within first. I feel like self-love is something that we don't talk about enough, but that should be super important. And it, once again, it's okay to eat unhealthy once in a while. But a lot of the things that you eat that are unhealthy can be made from healthy ingredients. You just need to put in a bit more effort. Like I used to, I love baked goods. But if you were to go and buy them from a grocery store, they're going to have so much sugar and so much oil. You can make that at home with alternatives and, you know, use like dates instead of real sh- in refined right. sugar and things like that. So I think it's, yeah, it's like relationship of food and as well as like understanding how food plays a role within your health and your body. Um, because otherwise people go vegan ethically and then they fall off because they got sick or they started losing hair mm-hmm. or they just became really thin and then they'll be like vegan uh, vegan diet doesn't work for everybody that i hate that line because i'm like it works if you do it right (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't work if you're not doing it right it's simple as that and a lot of the people who you know fall off when i actually talk to them and i hear what they were eating i'm like you were not even eating enough calories and they were just eating salads after salads or they were eating a lot of fruit but like in the end, it wasn't enough calories. They weren't eating legumes. They weren't eating nuts and seeds, like, you know, the high calorie dense foods. Right. So that seems to be a common problem. And I think understanding food is really important. Not only that, but like people will randomly just go on these water fasts. And it's like, wh- <laughs> what in the world? Like who, who, so unnecessary. Yeah, who told you to like cut out food completely and just stick on with water? Like, I mean, there's, you know, some good clinics out there. And if it's supervised, maybe there's some help health benefits to it mm-hmm. but it's just like who are you to take it upon yourself like you know all of a sudden you're a dietitian and you know everything about nutrition you know like it's yeah. just no i i hear you completely i have a lot to say about intermittent fasting yeah. uh a lot of done times it's done wrong people think that in uh, the fasting can outweigh all the bad decisions you're making about nutrition they think that they can fast and that outweighs like eating pizza and burgers and drinking soda. But that's not how fasting works. Like fasting is a small tool that you can use on top of other things if you choose to. And even then, is it necessary? Like we can talk about that Mm -hmm. because it's questionable. But if you choose to do it, first fix your foundation. Right. And if you still see that as a requirement, you know, talk to your healthcare professional, uh, you know, provider, and then you can do it. But even when you're doing, if you choose to do fasting, like, you know, I really don't think people need to do long fasts, like unless they can, they want to do it like once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. But on, you know, a lot of people do the sixteen eight. I generally don't think you need to do it. I think if you, you know, a good way to do it, if anything, is just make a daily habit. You're only eating twelve hours of the day. Don't have to be rigid about it, but just like eat maybe eight to eight. Mm-hmm. You wake up in the morning, have your breakfast at eight a.m. and make sure dinners by before eight p.m. That way you are, and it's been shown that. like just 12 hours long-term gives you the same benefits that those insane fasts do. Mm -hmm. So in 12 hours is something a lot of us do anyway, uh, or it's very easy to do just like, you know, 
just yeah just do eight to eight nine or whatever but even then it's not really necessary if i'm saying if you want to do it because all these people in blue zones they're not doing fasting every day no. they're just eating healthy yeah, exactly yeah. it's yeah. You, you shouldn't really think about it too too hard um it's just like yeah. if you're eating a healthy diet like and you want to yeah. add something a little bit on top of that like you said do it but but talk to your dietitian talk to your doctor that, mm-hmm. that's that's the big thing is like people avoid that um i understand like you know switching to vegan lifestyle it's like something completely different like so out of the mainstream but you don't have to go so out of the mainstream where like you know you like dismiss everything a dietitian or like a medical doctor would say because if you truly cared about this lifestyle and what it means like do everything you can to stick with it you know find out if there's something wrong with you because like a lot of people will claim like, you know, they need to add meat or dairy or eggs back in their diet for whatever reason. Well, go ahead and talk to your talk to a dietitian that knows what they're talking about or a medical doctor that knows what they're talking about and look into the problem. I, I just don't understand yeah, why like people completely avoid that. Yeah, no, I hear you. I feel like it's the same people who blame their genes for their type 2 diabetes and heart disease right. and high cholesterol. <laughs> are the ones who will blame vegan diet for every problem they have if they decide to do vegan right, diet. Right. Um, it's so it just, yes, like, you know, if you do decide to go to plant-based and you have a health problem, like plant-based isn't like a shield that's going to protect you from every little thing. You know, there are the infectious diseases mm-hmm. can still happen. Yeah. You know, you may still break a bone. Um, you may still get infected if you got a cut, like these things can still happen. It can like, lower your risk for a lot of things but it's not like a it doesn't make you invincible right so if you are having a health problem before making such big decisions like go talk to them and see maybe you're missing something maybe you think you're getting enough iron but you're not even eating enough foods with higher uh, you know iron could be so many things but it's important to talk to a dietitian or a doctor for sure yeah and it's not like a magic potion like you said like it can do a lot but it's you know, mm-hmm. you still got to give it time and let your body adjust and all that. But um, speaking of infectious diseases, <laughs> how is um, COVID-19 in, uh, in your part of the world? Uh, you know, how are things how are things doing? Um, I, I think Canada is doing a lot better than um, the, the people we compare with is next door Americans. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing a, a lot better than that. Um, I feel like there's a lot less conspiracy theorists in Canada than in the U S <laughs> <laughs> and, um, things have opened up, but the, and then we did see the numbers go up, you know, a little bit right. that I was expected, but now it's like, you know, I think it's doing okay. Yeah. And, uh, the hospitals are not packed anymore. So I do think now, cause we took it very seriously right away. Um, everything got shut down. My school got shut down restaurant, everything right. got shut down, masks became mandatory right away. And I think the right steps were taken to a, come to a point that now we can go back to living partially normal life while still maintaining social distance or physical distance and keeping your masks on. Um, so I do think, cause I was in Texas over summer oh, yeah. and my parents lived there. Okay. <laughs> um, and things were so different there. People, yeah from what I saw, did not take it seriously. Um, so over here, I think people are doing much better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the U S is very, uh, like it's different among all the States. Like some States are like doing so well, like only a couple, couple thousand, like one to 4,000 cases mm-hmm. or something like that. And other States are like over a hundred thousand cases. 
So it's like so different depending on the region. Man, our freaking yeah. president just got COVID <laughs> as of today or was announced today. It's crazy. <laughs> I saw it's, that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Hopefully, hopefully things will will get better soon. But um, the one thing though I, I want to bring up, like, how frustrated are you that nobody has really talked about diet and the stuff that we've talked about for like at least giving you another tool to this? Like we said, it's not a magic Absolutely. potion, but yeah. No, of course, because uh, we have seen that it helps you with your immune system. So, of course, it's not a magic potion. It doesn't mean if you go, if you're plant based, you just don't put on a mask and don't care about physical distancing. But it does strengthen your immune system. And like the reason we put on a mask is to be preventative. The reason we keep physical distance is to be preventative. Why aren't we using diet for the same principle? Exactly. And we should. We absolutely should. Like. Give your body more and more and more tools to fight this and to avoid it. And I think like, you know, eating a diet that's anti-inflammatory, that boosts your immune system, it's so key right now. And people feel like it's almost taboo to talk about that. It's like, oh, you know, um, you think that something so big as COVID can be avoided by diet. It might not be, but if it's going to increase your chances of like, you know, not contracting it, why aren't you doing it? Right. Simple as that. Do, you know, eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Like That's what they should be saying on TV in addition to everything else that they're promoting. Um, and I just mm -hmm. think that that was mm -hmm. a big missed opportunity. It was, a, it was unfortunately. But um, I don't know. I think that, that there's a lot of systemic problems, which is why that never gets pointed out. Um, you know, there's a lot of lobbying. I feel like the meat and dairy industry would suddenly get pissed off. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of like they, different levels yeah. um you know and everybody yeah. has to like tick the box i guess but yeah 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 because um, because no one's going to be like i want to see a randomized control trial to show me that masks are helping mm -hmm. us but if someone was like eat more fruits and vegetables and cut down on your animal products and junk food they suddenly want to see a randomized control trial right. they'd be riding and it's like yeah <laughs> and i'm just like you know there's like a bit of common sense that you should be used and we have mechanistic studies to show that it helps you with your immune system and and that's better than not knowing anything. So use that evidence and tell people to eat like, you know, more fruits and vegetables and cut down on other things. But unfortunately, they don't do any of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It, and, you know, hopefully we won't go through this again, but um, I think. I think the message of nutrition really needs to go out there. And, and you know, it's people like you, like, you know, doing the every day to day uh, work that's getting the word out there. And I think that's really helping. If um, if somebody wants to go in the field of medicine, um, you know, they're motivated about what they're, you know, what we're talking about and what other great healthcare professionals are talking about. Um, what's some advice that you would give to somebody going into medical school? I would say if you want to do medicine, ask yourself why you want to do medicine because medicine is not easy and you have to be passionate about it. You have to be willing to do it, um, not because your parents told you to do it, not for the money, not for the, you know, the status. It has to come from within. Otherwise, you will truly struggle. Um, you need that passion to push you through the every year of med school because it's hard and it's it's the hardest thing you can think of. So that's number one. And if you do think you, you know, you have that passion. Second thing is go shadow doctors, 
make sure you understand what being a medical doctor is and that is what you want to see, what you want to do in your future. That is super important. And if you have checked both of those boxes, then I would say then, yeah, then just study hard, you know, do well on the MCAT and do a lot of extracurricular activities because med schools love that. They don't want someone who just did good on school. They want a holistic person. Um, so make sure you have a variety of experiences. And yeah, and then if you have, I feel like if you have the motivation, you can do med school. I generally believe anyone can do med school if they have the motivation. Well said. And if people want to follow you, if they want some extra motivation and to see what a typical, you know, not a typical, atypical <laughs> medical student is going through, somebody yeah. with huge passion in plant-based nutrition, uh, where can they follow you? So they can find me on Instagram, dr.plantbased. I recently also started a TikTok with the same thing, dr.plantbased. They can find that and then they can check out my um, podcast plant prescription podcast cool man well i have all that in the description down below people can go on there and uh check out your stuff but uh, i'm glad we did this i'm glad you came on and we yeah. talked and uh i'll be looking forward to when you get your md i'll have you back on okay awesome well thank you so much for having me i had a really good time chatting with you <laughs>